This morning, again, we're going to uh, continue to look at uh, the life of a disciple, uh, the way Jesus shows us uh, what that is. Uh, again, looking at this progression of, of coming to know Christ and, and being found in Him, being rooted and built up and established in Him and, and now growing, growing in our understanding uh, of what it means for us to be a follower, to be a disciple of Christ. And this morning we're going to be looking at a uh, familiar passage from um, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, this is the calling uh, of Jesus' disciples. Uh, and we'll look at uh, this as kind of a launching point to uh, this progression that we'll be talking about again this morning. Uh, so from Matthew 4, uh, verses 12 to 22. This is right after the testing of Jesus in the wilderness. Now when he, Jesus, had heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what, might be, that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you Fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat was Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. This is just uh, the opening scene of, of Jesus um, actively inviting um, four men into a life with Jesus. There are others that will be called into this and different gospel writers give different perspectives on how they were called and, and give the settings for that. But, but Jesus just here uh, gives this uh, clear call to follow him. And he's going to then change them. So we're going to look at that uh, this morning. Uh, so as we, as we again uh, look at uh, this up here as representative of uh, a disciple's life in Christ, we, we start with this place of come and see. Uh, it's what the uh, students at Grand Valley did. It's what the uh, people in Kenya did. They, they said, let me tell you what God has done. They brought good news. And people would come and see and they would uh, hear the good news. And the, the only way you get from this place of being absolutely lost to this place of uh, understanding who you can become in Christ and receiving that is through, through the cross. So if you picture the cross that lay between these two, it is the bridge that brings you from death to life. This is the place where you are an infant in Christ. 
you know some things, you have some understanding, but it's a place where you're going to be rooted. This, this will be a place where you find an anchor. This is where you're going to be built up. You'll be established here in this place so that you know absolutely who you are and what life will mean for you. This is the very beginning stage of a disciple. Uh, we've remarked about how comfortable this chair looks. Uh, we like to sit in this one because it feels like the, the one thing that we just need to accept. Life in Christ. Except for this is, this is only the place of infancy. Uh, but it is kind of a comfortable place because as you move on from there, you find out that it gets a little bit more difficult. And I think I would rather just sit in the comfortable chair. So, so the transition from, from uh, death to life is only through the cross of Christ. But as you're rooted and built up and established um, at this beginning stage, there's also things that happen that bring you uh, to the next stage that we'll be talking about this morning. Uh, this is a place where, where uh, growth happens, where work begins, and it's a time of testing. Uh, that's why this chair seems so much more comfortable. Uh, the testing happens as we go along, and the work begins, and sometimes the work gets difficult. And this is where we're going to be talking today. Uh, those that come uh, in this chair learn to uh, know their identity. As you, as you are an infant, you begin to realize whose child you are. Uh, as, a, as an infant, you learn to walk and talk. You learn to feed yourself. You, you learn how to keep yourself clean. And just as much as that's true for an infant child, that we, as we would expect, that they would do all of those things and we rejoice in the fact that they're doing that. That's true for Christians as well. Learning our identity, learning to walk and talk and take care of ourselves, to clean ourselves, to, to nourish ourselves, to, be, to find that nourishment that we need. So when we come to this next place here, this place where growth happens, it is a place where we follow Jesus. Following Jesus is not accompanying him on a trip. It isn't that we're just along with him. We follow. Now, that has always meant um, uh, coming behind in a way to do what Jesus is doing. To live like Jesus. A disciple, one who follows Jesus, would live like Jesus lives. They would go around. To play. Jesus said, I don't have a place to sleep. They would just travel around and find places where they could. They didn't have uh, pantries full of food and that kind of thing. They would find food. They would count on the goodness of uh, those around them as well to provide food. Uh, Jesus was going to teach them what life was like. It's following. It's an active following where we become more like Jesus. We begin to live like Jesus lives. And that's what he showed his disciples Particularly. Uh, so he came and he found a few fishermen. And he said, I'm going to transform you from a fisherman to a fisher of men. Uh, you have some understanding of what it is to fish. To bring in something. To, to catch it. To lure it in. To draw it in. I'm going I'm to show you what that is now uh, in my kingdom. Not just 
fishermen, but fishing for men. Uh, he could have done that uh, with, with, a, with a construction worker, someone that uh, builds homes. You, you, you are familiar with building a house. I'm going to show you what it's like to build a house for me. He came to fishermen. He could have come to the builder and said that. He could have come to the farmer and said, you have, you have experience in planting seeds and growing a crop so that it produces fruit. I'm going to show you what that is in the kingdom. Uh, taking something that we are acquainted with, familiar with, and using that in a spiritual sense for the good of the kingdom. You take a, a mechanic. Uh, you're used to taking things that are broken and need to be fixed. I'll show you what that's like in my kingdom. People whose lives are so broken, they need, they need to be repaired. They need to find that. Maybe even a, a seamstress. Uh, you're, you're accustomed to uh, creating something where you weave things together so it makes one big whole unit. I'll show you what it's like to bring uh, my word into people's lives and weave that into the fabric of their being so that they become more like the child we're supposed to be. This, this one that grows up in our faith even. He's going to, the, the disciple that comes and follows Jesus is going to learn what the master does. Uh, he was uh, building them up as a building uh, where, where Christ himself would be the very cornerstone of that building, where everything builds up from there. Uh, Ephesians 2.20 says, In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. This, this chair here is this place where growth happens. It's, it's a natural part of, of being one of the children of the kingdom. Growth, growth happens. Uh, Ephesians 4 says, We are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, that is Christ. This, this is the infancy stage. This is the place where we grow up and we mature. There's, there's a, a process that will unfold in our own lives for that. We're, we're not only a building being built up, we are, we are a, a body uh, growing and being built together. As it says in Ephesians 4, from whom the whole body, uh, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Not only is this a place of, of growing for you and me individually, this is a place where we grow up together and we, we draw on uh, each other's strengths. I don't have that in my natural ability to do what you do. So I draw on your strength. So I, I draw on the way God is building you up and that builds me up as well and we share in the ministry together. Uh, each one given specific gifts so that we are built up together in Christ. One of my uh, grandsons uh, was asked the question, so he's, he's going to be going into first grade, right? Um, what are you, what are you uh, looking forward to about first grade? He said, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning new things. Uh, he seemed to be excited about what he might learn as a first grader compared to 
a kindergartner. And I thought, wow, that's a, that's a great perspective. If we could be excited about learning and growing always in our Christian lives, what a difference that would make as we approach the things of life. Um, like uh, Peter says, 1 Peter 2, 2 uh, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, that you by it you may grow up into salvation. That same longing that our grandson has to learn new things is that same longing we're supposed to have as Christ's disciples. Second Peter says, um, gives us that a reminder that we are to be growing, but but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are meant to keep growing. Always. We should always look for uh, more opportunities for growth. But we're not only to be growing, uh, we're to be working as well. Uh, The growing part is for a purpose. Uh, Now, those that come from the farming community, when you grow up your kids, you have a plan for them. They're going to get on the tractor. They're going to get out in the field. They're going to take up some of that work. Um, Many cultures have that where they raise up their kids so they can take over or join in the family business. There's there's a reason that we're growing up. And God has that for us too. Uh, There's work to be done. Jesus took uh, ordinary people uh, anybody here ordinary? Yeah, I'm, I'm ordinary. I'm, I'm so ordinary, I'm unique. Jesus took ordinary people uh, that knew what earthly work was and then began to transform them to do kingdom work. I'll use the skills and the talents and the mindset that you have and I'll transform even those gifts for working in the kingdom. Uh, this kind of work would have uh, an eternal impact. That's the, that's the way it's always been in God's kingdom. Uh, at the beginning of time, God created a kingdom for himself where he rules over everything. And he took a man, he put the man in the garden, And he gave him work to do in his kingdom and created a a helpmate perfect for him. And they both would work together for the good of the kingdom. That's That's the way it's always been, where God has work for his people to do. Uh, Moses had work to do to lead a people. Aaron had the work of a priest uh, to intercede between God and man. He raised up David to be a king, to represent uh, one who rules in the kingdom. And he gave David this opportunity to do that. He had Nehemiah, he raised up Nehemiah to to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to, to be a part of rebuilding the temple again after its destruction. He had men like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Daniel these, these men that were raised up to uh, give instruction, uh, rebuke even at times, a correction, a, a constant guiding as to what God's plan was for them. He, he 
brought people like Deborah, Gideon, Samson. People that were going to be judges over Israel. To help them in their time when, when the nations are coming against them because Israel had failed. And he raised up people to help in those times. That same kind of training is now going to take place. Uh, that work that will be done will, will happen in the lives of the disciples. Um, in the feeding of the 5,000, whose task was that? It was the disciples. You give them something to eat. You, you have found these people here. They've been hungry. You recognize that. Give them something to eat. You do the work. Uh, it's a place of training. It's a place to allow them to work. It's a, it's a, it's a way to help them grow. After they had been with Jesus for a while, he gave them work to do. He sent out, he sent out the seven or the 12, and then the 72, to go and do the work that they had seen Jesus doing, to cast out the demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to preach the good news. Uh, you've seen me doing it, now it's your turn to go out and work. He continues to provide these opportunities. Even Peter, I, I love this about Jesus, that he... He doesn't condemn us at our first fault or our second fault. or As long as our hearts keep turning back to Him, He keeps using us and restoring us in His kingdom. Peter, at the, at the, after the denying Jesus three times, Jesus graciously brings him back to the place of working. Uh, John talks about that. Uh, Chapter 21, when, when they had finished breakfast, after, after Jesus has risen, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He gave him work to do. There, there was a mission that he sent him on yet. There was work to be done yet. He said to him a second time, son of, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Act as a, a shepherd for them. Guide them, lead them, shape them, protect them. He said to them the third time, son, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved at this point because he had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him again, feed my sheep. Even in the times of our own failures, Jesus still invites us into the work as we surrender our lives back to Him again. And we're going to have to do that. That's why, that's why it says uh, that we need to take up our cross daily, uh, deny ourselves, daily take up our cross and follow Him because there will be times when we stumble and fall and we pick up our cross again in obedience and keep going. Every time we do that, He brings us back into the place of work that He has for us. At the end of Matthew, uh, we hear that great uh, commandment and commission. All authority on heaven, and on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing, teaching, uh, carrying on the work that you've seen me doing throughout these last 
few years or so, you carry on that work now. That's what I've given to you. I've been raising you up. I've been taking you as infants and now workers in the kingdom. And now I've given that work over to you. I'm going back to the Father. The work is yours. But remember, I will always be with you. But there's always work to be done. There's always that which we are expected to do. Uh, Part of uh, growing up, uh, part of transitioning from infancy to worker and uh, growing in our maturity is this idea, too, of being tested. Uh, You've heard me say it. I've never really cared for tests, but without the test, how do you know that you are approved for what you are trying to do? Jesus wants us to be tested. God has always provided for ways that we could be tested so that we can rejoice in being found in Him. It would be a sad day that you thought you were one of His only to find out that when you were tested, you failed and it was too late. So, so God has always done that throughout the Old Testament. Jesus now continues to do that with His disciples this place of, of testing them, allowing them to prove uh, where they're at in their understanding, their growth. Deuteronomy talks about that when God did that. Uh, Deuteronomy 8, The whole commandment that I command you today shall be, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply, growing. You may live, multiply, and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that He might humble you, testing you, testing to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. That's that's the call of those that are in God to, to continue to follow in His ways. And God provides times of testing for us. Uh, it allows Him to see that we are faithful, but it reminds us that we are His. He, he disciplines those He loves. Learning that uh, we don't live by bread alone, but by everything that comes from the mouth of God. Thus saith the Lord. And you get to the time of the judges and, and the people of Israel find themselves now living in the land. Uh, you hear these words, Judges 3. Now these are the nations that the Lord left. They were to drive out all the nations. God gave them the command to drive them all out. Except there's, there's something different about what he has planned. These are the nations that the Lord left to test Israel by them. Would they, would they follow God at this point or follow the gods of those that are still in the land? This was a time for testing again to see whether or not they would follow. Uh, Abraham was that great man who was tested in ways that we would hope none of us ever had to get that far in the testing. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises of God had to, had to decide, is he going to give up his only son in order to prove that he would follow God in whatever he said? When Jesus sent out the, the 12 and the 72, it was to carry on the work, but it was also a time of testing. Will you, will you also... Put your faith in me. They would, they would find that they didn't always pass the test. 
when they're out on the boat, Jesus gives Peter a test and he invites him out on the water. Let me see how your faith is in this time of testing and turmoil. As everything is falling apart around you, do you still have faith in me? And that's the test. Paul talks about uh, his understanding of, of being tested as, as we grow up in Christ. First uh, Corinthians 3, According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. But let each one take care how he builds on it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. If anyone builds on the foundation with silver, gold, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, and it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test the work that we have done. There are these times that we should expect to be tested. And again, they're probably not going to be the greatest experiences about it in the moment for sure. But you'll find all kinds of people that have come through the testing that God has provided for them to say, you wouldn't believe how much I grew in my faith through that test. And that's, that's the purpose of it, so that we continue to grow up, we become mature, we become effective workers that know how to continue in that work even though the work becomes difficult. And brothers and sisters, we have a hard road ahead of us in so many different ways in our own country and in the world that the things that are developing right now around us. There will be times of testing that we're going to need to know that we have stood the test of little trials so that when the big ones come, we have that same confidence And we will stand through that test to be able to finally stand firm. That's the purpose of those tests. When Jesus comes and he says, um, I was sick and and in prison and I was naked and I was hungry and and all these things. And he says that to two groups of people. And there 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 appears to be some sort of test there when I put those opportunities before you, some of you passed the test. Others didn't. And so there was a reward for those that would have passed the test, that that saw this kingdom perspective in every area of life. And when you saw those in those places, you, you took care of them. You helped them. You didn't even realize you were doing it for me, but you did. And you look beyond your own lives and you help those in need and you've now passed the test. There's the other time where there's the parable of the talents. Uh, talking about life in the kingdom and what that's like and the master goes away and he, and he gives to one five talents, another two talents, and another one to see what they would do with that. Here's the test. I've equipped you. I've given to you. And you know that you expect that I'm coming to get something in return from that. And so here's the test. And even the last sinful, wicked servant said, I knew that about you, but I didn't do anything with it. The tests are given so that we can see the character of God, see the nature of Jesus Christ, live like Jesus does, and then take what we've learned and what we've been given and use that for the good of the kingdom and continue growing up as disciples in Christ. 
James. It's one of the books that we did early on in my time here. James, James says, count it all joy or pure joy as others say when life goes swimmingly for you at every turn. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds because I'm not trying to punish you. I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to help you. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet these trials for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It gives us a little one. and We pass the test. There's going to be another test coming. It'll probably be uh, bigger, longer, harder. We're meant to recall, not only from our own testing, but from the, from the annals of history where many have gone before us and have stood through those tests and have succeeded. Facing lions, facing fire, facing torture. Every imaginable thing. There are other people that have gone through that too. So you can know that when the next one comes, you too can persevere through that. It produces this steadfastness and that steadfastness continues to build us and grow us up and have its full effect in our lives until we are perfect and complete. Um, being matured and not lacking anything. That's the purpose of the testing. That's the reason why we grow up in our faith. Is so that we will become secure and steadfast. And nothing could stop us. Nothing could knock us off course. Even that time of great tribulation at the end, even if it were possible, which it's not, the elect could be shaken. But for the sake of the elect, those days were cut off. They were cut short. But there's this testing that happens all through there as we continue to grow, uh, engaging in the work that He has. Jesus said, Come, follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men. You can grow in that experience. I'll give you work to do along the way. And I'll test your work. I'll provide times of testing so that you yourself can see I have called you into the work I have in the kingdom. And it will allow us to see as well where I need help, where you need some assistance, where we need to work together. Iron sharpening iron spurring one another on in this uh, pathway of, of growing up into complete maturity until we attain even the fullness of Christ. This is the path of being a disciple. This is the place of, 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 of growth and work and testing. It's a great place to be. It's a dif- difficult place to be. And even as we come to this place, there's there's a greater call to look forward to. And we'll get to that as we look at the fullness of what it is to be a disciple, that, that place where we set our sights at the very pinnacle of who Christ calls us to be.
never being satisfied at any place along the way until we have been mature and complete in Him. This is part of the process. Growing, working, and testing. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we again um, are thankful for the way that You inform us Uh, In your word, it says we are to count the cost of being a disciple. Not thinking that it is some uh, easy chair existence, but it is a time of testing. uh, A place where we are meant to be growing, where where work needs to be done. And you have so graciously invited us into that. So Father, when those times of testing come by your hand, Uh, May we draw on the strength that you provide, the the Spirit of Jesus living within us, the one who would never leave us, the one who would continue to intercede for us, even in our times of weakness. Even then we find out where our true strength lies. So Jesus, help us to continue on that path, to live more like you, so that our testimony too would would have this wonderful effect of of drawing people into a relationship with you, the, the knowledge of you, so that they too can come into a life in the kingdom, moving from death to life, and then from, from life into work and growth, until they too would finish the race and receive that final full reward for having served faithfully. So help us, Father, in that. Uh, provide the fullness of your spirit day by day so that we will succeed in the work that you give us to do, growing up uh, into him who is our head, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.